Hello and welcome to the Bike Radar podcast, brought to you from the team behind Cycling Plus, MBUK and BikeRadar.com. Hello and welcome to the Bike Radar podcast. It's a road tech day and we're going to talk through possibly one of the biggest scoops of 2021. I'm Matthew Loveridge. I'm joined today by Simon Bromley and Jack Luke, Bike Radar stalwarts. Jack, what was the massive scoop? Well, we spotted at the Balwas Belgium Tour, Team DSM using what we believe to be Shimano's new Dura-Ace 12-speed group set, long rumoured, finally seen in the wild. And we can confirm having seen the blacked out and somewhat obscured version of the group set that new Dura-Ace is likely to go 12-speed, the shifters have a new and possibly more aero profile as well as textured grip, the crank set and the overall aesthetic of the group set is more angular and the crank set features a dual-sided power meter. Shimano may adopt the XTR MT900 rotors for the road and we haven't seen a rim brake version of the group set yet. And finally, one of the biggest questions, we still don't know whether the group set is wired or semi-wireless. Briefly before we go into the nitty-gritty details of this uh, group set, I will say that on Saturday, Matthew and I went for a very lovely bike ride and when we finished our ride on a high we realised when I looked at my work emails, very naughty on a work weekend, that we did finally have the photos of the scoop, which led to a very, very stressful full-on night <laughs> to get the scoop up before anyone else an exclusive bike radar. A glory day of my career so far. <laughs> yeah. But I think we can all agree it was worth it, right, John? Yeah, absolutely worth it. Yeah, even I logged on on a Saturday evening at like 10pm to hastily download the pictures. <laughs> yeah, we were all quite sad. We were very, very excited about that one. Um, you mentioned the wireless, semi-wireless thing. So looking at the photos that we've got, we can see that there's a wire connected to the rear derailleur. So unless that's a dummy, we know that there is a wire in the system. But as we know from looking at previous Shimano patents, it seemed very likely that a semi-wireless group set was on the cards. Can you explain like what that might mean? I think the the, the general gist of the speculation at the moment is that there will be wireless shifters and then wired rear and front trailer with a kind of central battery transmitter system and yes looking at the patents that does seem the most likely um it's long been rumored though i have absolutely no confirmation of this that sram has pretty much fully tied up the patents for a fully wireless group set which makes it very hard to innovate in that area but i don't know that for certain i actually i mean from my point of view i think that kind of that semi-wireless approach kind of would fit neatly with what we know about Shimano and they have historically been quite conservative uh, with wanting to make sure that you don't run out of charge during a ride. And so they have always gone for a really, really big battery. And I think switching to kind of a wireless setup where they would have had to have, you know, batteries on the on the shifters and obviously those batteries would have had to be much smaller. I think that just does, doesn't feel like the kind of thing that Shimano would do. I mean, it's the same, you know, for their power meter that they have, for example, it has a kind of quite a large internal battery rather than kind of, you know, two smaller batteries that would be independent. And so, yeah, we can see a wire going to the rear derailleur. And I think we can also see a wire going to the front derailleur if you zoom in on one of the pictures. So we, you know, obviously the handlebars would root any wires internally. So there's no way of us knowing what's going on at the front end. But I think certainly, as you say, the, pa- the patents that we have seen suggest that there could be something going on there, but we'll have to wait and see. And it could be a nice compromise between practicality and other considerations, couldn't it? Because 
routing through the cockpit and stuff is the more complicated part of cable routing, whereas having a fix set up within the frame, joining a battery and two derailers, doesn't seem like a bad idea to me. On the face of it, that appeals to me. Of course, you still will have to get around routing uh, brake hoses or... uh brake cables through the cockpit, which is the worst bit. So perhaps we'll see the arrival of fully wireless brakes as a Shimano patent from a few weeks ago suggested may happen, though there is no indication of that in the images we've seen. I'm really looking forward to the comments we get on bike radar when somebody launches wireless braking. (laughs) (laughs) It's all I can say. (laughs) Simon, what was your gut reaction when you first laid eyes on what is probably Dura-Ace R9200? I think we, you know, we've kind of discussed this amongst ourselves and I think you know, it's kind of similar to the reaction I think we had when we saw the last generation where like when you see a picture of it, you know, it's 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 very black and it looks a bit dull. And I know everyone was kind of pining for a return to a kind of polished silver aesthetic, a bit like Dura-Ace uh, 9000. But I think knowing, having seen, you know, R9100, I think it will look much better in the flesh. I think it will look more premium when the kind of logos haven't been covered up by black tape <laughs> and scratched out by a kind of team mechanic. Uh, yeah, it, it, you know, 12 speeds is, is an, it's an extra cog. It's interesting. I don't think there's anything kind of groundbreaking that I've seen yet, but I don't know. We should point out actually that we don't know what the production group set might look like. We're making a lot of assumptions here. Um but certainly the overall aesthetic is quite in keeping with R9100, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And, this, you know, they're sticking with that, especially at the crank, which is kind of, I guess, would be the centrepiece for most people. They're sticking with that kind of similar holotech construction. Although on these pictures, the chain rings are notably different. Or I, I, w- I would say they're perhaps pre-production versions or maybe uh, kind of, you know, we even speculated they might be uh a different brand of chain rings just put there because perhaps they don't have the final production pieces. I would be very surprised if those ended up being the the final production chain rings, but I guess you don't know yet. What do you think about the levers, Jack? Um, I quite like them. They've grown on me, certainly looking at the photos over the last few days. And the, like... Slightly taller hoods at the front, the slightly overall, uh, slightly revised shape, I'm sure will be perhaps a bit more comfortable. The current Durace uh, levers are very, very small. Sorry, I should say the Durace DI2 levers are very small. And these do look to be a little tiny bit bigger, which is no bad thing. And then the slightly sculpted cover where previously everything above the pivot was on show on the previous levers. Now it's kind of behind this sort of aeroform shroud. Um, it looks very comfortable, really, just from you know sight alone, and I'm really looking forward to playing with it. Yes, obviously, it's a hands-on that we're all gagging for here, Simon. Well, I was just going to talk about the kind of uh, the shifter paddle buttons because I think uh, they've updated the kind of texture on the buttons. But you know, I don't use DI2 that often. But whenever I do, especially in the winter if I'm wearing gloves, I still miss shift quite often because I hit the wrong button, and it might just be because I don't use it very often. But they haven't made huge changes to the buttons other than updating the texture from a kind of dimpled texture to a more of a line thing. But I I wonder if that's going to be enough for you know a person who's wearing gloves to kind of solve that problem. It's certainly the assumption that we're making is that the overall shifting arrangement hasn't changed, which would mm. be a really radical step for Shimano to take. Because obviously the big difference with SRAM's ETAP axis group sets is that the shifting arrangement is completely different and you've only got one paddle on each lever. But Shimano has always sought to mimic the mechanical shifting, uh, which incidentally brings me on to another thing, is this is a 
DI2 group set with discs we're looking at here. Uh, you said earlier we don't know, if, um, we haven't seen a rim brake group set. We don't even know if there's going to be a mechanical group set. Would that be a, a sad day if there were no mechanical dual race in the world? Yes. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, yeah, this is another thing we talked about before, but it, you know, there is something nice about mechanical gears i mean especially for the fact that they're usually cheaper which is often a big concern for me like di2 is great and same you know same with etap and you know campagnolo eps but um you know they don't make your bike any they don't make you go any faster so if for the kind of like privateer racer looking for a cheap group set i mean probably wouldn't be buying durace anyway but well there is that (laughs) (laughs) but it's nice it's nice to have that kind of i still think it's nice to have that option yeah, I, I just, I always recall, Matthew, some years ago, you did a very good video where you compared Force ETAP to Altegra Di2 and your conclusion, your buying conclusion with two of those that would be, you would buy a mechanical durace. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Um, because pricing wise, Altegra Di2 has tended to sit around the same spot as mechanical durace. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, obviously, Pricing on bike stuff generally has shifted quite radically recently. Availability has been a big issue for... (laughs) Yeah, sorry. Didn't mean to do that. Availability has been a big issue, particularly with Shimano components as well. Um, So it'll be interesting to see what happens and what the potential trickle-down from a new Dura's group is. Because really, for most riders, I think that's the interesting part. So although like... A new Duro group set is a big deal. How many people realistically are going to buy that? Probably fewer than 1% of riders. I would hazard a finger in the air guess. But is there going to be an Altegra group set and then a 105 group set and even Tiagra that borrow features from those group sets? I mean, SRAM's kind of wiping the floor at that lower middle end of the market with something like rival ETAP access, which by all accounts is a very good group set and it you know works just as well as the, the more expensive counterparts. And, you know, if 105 Di2 ever came out, I have no doubt Shimano would sell it by the bucket load. It would just be such a winning combo to have something which is marginally heavier, but has most of the tech of the high-end group set. I just think that would be a dreamy day. Yeah, I think it would be amazing too. I guess the issue is unless they detune it sufficiently, it might be that then nobody buys the high-end stuff. And sometimes I do wonder if... Maybe that's why yeah, rivally tap access is so heavy. Isn't that kind of what? We're, isn't, that, isn't that? I think that's the situation we're in now, though, because yeah, I've you know my long term test bike has the current generation of uh, Shimano 105, and for me, like, I I don't see any reason why I, I I used to be of that kind of snobbish opinion that I wouldn't buy anything less than Altegra for a race bike, but I don't I now I, I can't work out any reason to buy a Durace rear derailleur over a 105 rear derailleur like the feel at the lever is probably slightly better but yeah I, well i'd say with mechanical group sets there is arguably more of a justification because i i think 105 is a fantastic group set but if you do a back-to-back ride on 105 and altegra there's no question that altegra is still crisper feeling it's just got a slightly nicer feeling shift but in terms of the actual material impact on your ride it's essentially nothing yeah and so i so i think that Exactly. And I think that kind of performance gap is, has just, they've like Shimano and, you know, like you say, SRAM, they've, they've, they've narrowed it so much that, um, yeah, I completely agree. If there was a 105 DI2, I think that would go absolutely Unless they, bananas. they might artificially make the buttons on 105 <laughs> DI2 feel worse because fundamentally yeah, a, a yeah. DI2 shifter is just an electronic switch. So it can feel however you want it to. I, I would be surprised. Um, if you look at 105 and Altegra, 
when I did the review, I kind of compared what the actual differences were in the shifter. And the majority of it boiled down to the construction of the body. And though that made it heavier, which is obviously going to be cheaper for 105, it basically just introduced more flex and kind of vagueness into the body. That's that's hugely simplified. But there is an actual material difference between the two of them. When it came to just, or if it came to just buttons with a 105 DI2 group set, I just can't see Shimano making it naff for no, the sake of it like the buttons probably, are so simple you'll get a lever blade that's made out of a like it'll be a metal lever blade and then there'll be carbon on the top end or something yeah. that kind of differentiation but even that is going to be pretty notional you know it might it might save you 10 grams but um, simon what if a group set was uh 500 grams heavier than Juris? what would you tell everybody don't worry about it you'd be <laughs> Your your wallet will be five hundred pounds or more better off. More, like, yeah, I, I, yeah. It it just it just doesn't bother me. I mean, I literally having a conversation in uh, Twitter DMs this weekend. We were talking about Tour de France teams with a kind of uh, a noted industry expert, and we were laughing about how <laughs> five hundred grams makes no difference, and that a lot of teams are too obsessed with weight, and it really doesn't matter. Really, I makes, I, makes no, no none of what you just said surprised me in any way that you would spend your weekend doing that, Simon. <laughs> yeah, we were talking about. This, this someone they sent me a picture of a of a new a new wheel that appeared at the Italian National Time Trial Championships, and we were discussing it and saying they shouldn't have used that wheel. That was a silly choice. Ha 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 ha! Aren't we clever? <laughs> brilliant, just brilliant. <laughs> um, okay, so it's big news. We all agree. Um, it's 12 speed. We know that. Uh, and so that has quite serious implications potentially for Shimano's other ranges, notably GRX. The weirdest thing that I find about this is that obviously this appears to be 2x12. It seems relatively unlikely that we're going to see a 1 by GRX group set. That would be frankly astonishing. And so Shimano, if this comes to market soon, is going to have a 2x12 road group set but it's gravel stuff is going to be one by 11 if you're doing one by, obviously you can do two by 11 as well, but it's weird that they have a one by group set with fewer gears than their two by group set. Does that, does that seem odd? Yeah. Yeah. I, you, you said in the story and it's something I hadn't really considered, but GRX feels like it came out yesterday, but mm. it's actually been around for two, two years. Yeah. That, I, I somehow, I think the whole 2020 thing, I just sort of forgot. But actually, yeah, it launched in 2019, and yet people are still having trouble buying GRX components because demand is so far outstripping supply still. And of course, just because it's two years old doesn't mean it's crying out for an update. I think GRX is a fantastic group set, and frankly, you know, I think to release some drastic update to it now would be really foolish. I think it would just upset people more than anything else. But it does beg the question, if they're going to a 12-speed group set as they appear to be with Durace, then... Why on earth didn't they do it with GRX? Because this isn't like a two-year product cycle. Durace R9100 came out in 2016. Mm. Yeah, 2016. So I'm sure the, the it was more than a twinkle in the eye of Shimano's engineers even back then, R9200. So yeah, it's a very, very odd situation. Also, we're not even taking into account that the mountain bike stuff has been 12-speed for quite some time now, all the way down to a Dior level. Which is Tiagra, effectively, equivalent, yes. isn't it? yeah. So, you know, how is that going to be integrated, if at all, into the um, the, the new Durius group set? Currently, there are no 12-speed mountain bike electronic group sets. DI2 on the mountain bike side seems to have been somewhat orphaned, and there's been not even a sniff, not a hint of it being released. Uh, no spot, um, uh, none of it's been spotted out in the wild, and 
I just do wonder how that intercompatibility is going to work because on SRAM's side, I mean, it's just such an easy user journey if you want to have a eagle rear mech and road shifters. Assuming you have quite a lot of money. Well, yes, I mean, that is the main barrier. A bike shop from back home, they were talking to me about this and they say it's actually surprisingly popular when people go for like an XX1 eagle derailleur and red shifters and a reverb dropper post and they call it the... uh, well done, you have money, bike. <laughs> <laughs> Just uh, for listeners who don't know, Jack's Scottish. That's what he means when he says back home. I'm like, okay, sorry, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think the 12-speed thing is really interesting. And I, and, I, and I agree with you that I don't think they'll do a one-by thing. Shimano has never really seemed to be convinced by one-by for the road. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of with them on that. I'm not really convinced by one-by for the road either outside of like kind of criterium and time trial racing but even then and even then like yeah you just i I, my time trial bike still has a you know a derailleur at the front because you know you might want to do a course which requires a smaller ring than a 56 and all right hard man (laughs) all right all right (laughs) that was such a humble brag (laughs) well yeah but um yeah, I just, I, I, I agree. I don't think they're going to do it. But the move to 12 speed is an interesting one. And I, and I think that's a really good point that it does beg the question of what's going to happen for the kind of rest of Shimano stuff. I think it also begs the question of the rear derailleur seems to be slightly longer caged than the previous generation, which suggests that they're going to do bigger cassettes, which is quite, that that's a step for Dura Ace because, at the, you know, until now, Dura Ace, they jumped from 11 to 28 being the biggest cassette you could get to 11 to 30 being the biggest cassette for the previous generation. But if this is a medium cage derailleur, then that's what would sort of indicate that maybe up to a 34, which would be really big because this is, you know, what Shimano sees as for professionals and, you know, getting a professional to use a cassette that is as big as a compact in a chain ring, like five or six years ago, everyone was, yeah, everyone was riding 53, 39s, 11 to 28s on a mountain day and things have changed so quickly rightfully so as well because it's more efficient in every sense of the word biomechanically and mechanically yes it's safe to say we're all very excited about a potential new GRS group sir any closing thoughts jack um i wonder i mean we have no idea now and it's worth pointing out that team uh, Ineos Grenadiers are the only World Tour team which are still regularly using rim brakes there are exceptions exclusively exclusively Um, yeah sorry exclusively you're right exclusively using rim brakes and I think it's unlikely that we'll see them using the new Juris group set ahead of its proper official launch whenever that might be I might be wrong but I will be curious to see whether or not Shimano are going to update their rim brake technology if they're going to bring a new rim brake out to match the rest of the group set or whether it will just be orphaned because I've no doubt that they're selling more disparate group sets these days than others. My gut feeling is that they will stick with selling rim brakes because they are quite conservative. They want to appeal to that part of the market. Until quite recently, you could still buy Durace down tube shifters. So to completely completely get rid of rim brakes would be very, very surprising. Um, and also I think it'd be a deal breaker for a lot of people. Rim brakes are romantic, Matthew. And fine. Also, I like, like we, uh, we've probably had this discussion 10 yeah. times over on the podcast, but we that. do not hate rim brakes, even if in many situations discs, discs are better. They're still fine. They're just fine. Simon, any any final thoughts? Yeah, I mean, obviously, as a kind of data nerd, I'm quite excited to see 
what looks like a new power meter. It seems to be similar in the same that it's going to be a kind of two crank based power meters. You know, I obviously Shimano acquired Pioneer recently and they had a good reputation for making power meters. It'd be interesting to see if any kind of new tech is integrated from that. DC Rainmaker published a story recently saying that Pioneer's web service was being shut down. It was a bit of a hot mess. Yeah. And so Shimano is going to then do something with that, I guess, release their own web service. So it'd be interesting to see what happens there. Like, you know, again, I'm I'm not going to be buying Jira A. So it would be really, really cool if the power meters started coming down on the lower end group sets, a 105 dual power meter. Oh, that would be, be the dream. Your heart. That would be good. So yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens there. We, it's really difficult to tell. They seem to have uh, redesigned it aesthetically, but you know, I mean, we don't know what the internals are like. So I'll have to get one and break it apart. <laughs> Watch this space, everybody. Thank you, Simon. Thank, Thank, you, Thank you, Jack. Um, please do subscribe to the podcast if you don't already. Uh, check out the detailed article with all the photos about the supposed Jira Race R ninety R ninety two hundred on bikeradar.com. Thanks very much for listening and goodbye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Bike Radar podcast. If you want any more information on what we've been talking about or more news and views on cycling, check out bikeradar.com. Bye.